0: Welcome back to Zoots Boxing Talk and moving right along here in this uh, special post-fight edition Keith Thurman versus Danny Garcia. We switch gears a little bit and our next guest is a professional fighter with a record of 13-0, eight knockouts. He's going to be in action on uh, Friday, March 10th against Edward Williams, the fight taking place in MGM Grand Detroit, Michigan, MGM Grand Detroit in Detroit, Michigan, a uh, well to southpaw. Mr. Wesley Tucker, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing tonight, sir? And thank you for coming on. Uh, I know this is a busy time for you. We appreciate some of your uh, thoughts. No problem. Well, first, before we get into your fight, uh, what do you think of the the big main event? Danny, Keith Thurman, split decision win over Danny Garcia. What were your thoughts?
1: I thought uh Keith Derby, you know, pulled it out on all the scorecards. I thought he was up like three to four three to four rounds. He was, you know, more busier. But, you know, Danny Garcia is a great fighter also, so, you know, he did an excellent job as well.
0: You're a rising prospect in the well to weight the division and yet you have an important fight uh coming up, obviously the well to division, one of the hot uh, divisions in uh, boxing, but uh, in some of your fights uh, you weighed in a little bit above the 147 pound limit. Uh, do you anticipate uh, staying at welterweight, or do you have any plans of moving up uh, to a heavier weight? No, I plan on staying at 147
1: for majority of my career. 147, I feel comfortable at 147 right now, and plus it's an explosive weight class. You know, a lot of top fighters at 147. So yeah, I'm planning on staying at 147.
0: All right, and one other question I have for you in regards to the fight tonight. I mean, I, I thought it was a very good high-level fight, although I thought a lot of guys were missing shots. But, you know, when you're talking about professional fighters who have a little bit of a crafty defense, both both they think both of those guys don't get enough credit for their defense. But nonetheless, they were swinging and missing a lot. But a lot of times in the second half of the fight, the crowd was booing. Now, in your career, uh, have you experienced such a thing where uh, you were fighting, giving it your all, and you hear boos from the crowd? Has that ever happened personally in one of your fights?
1: It had, It happened one time. In, my, in all of my fights, it happened one time when I fought at Mohegan Sun. They booed, I think it was like the third round, only, you know, for like a short amount of time. But, you know, I picked the pace up, so they only booed for a short, short amount of time that is, like, action for most of the time. Most of the time, it is, like, it would be an action-packed fight.
0: So, it sounds like you you, you let the booze uh, affect you, how you how you fought a little bit. You started picking up when you heard those booze So, it, it did have it did have an effect on you.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, not too much of an effect. But, you know, they think that it's boring. You know, it's kind of like a chess match. They think some on the outside looking in, they think that it's boring. But on the inside, you try to figure out, you know, you got to establish a jab, try to counter punch. You know, be a lot of different things that you look for inside the ring that maybe, you know, on the outside, it might not be up to par for the people in the stands. But, you know, for the most part, once you pick the action back up, they'd be right back into the fight.
0: Now, you, you turned professional in 2013. Uh, take us a little bit uh, back from that moment. To talk about how you started as a professional. What kind of amateur career you had uh just, just your overall origin of how how you got into being a professional boxer well i actually
1: I've, I've been boxing since i was eight so i've been boxing since 1996 i had you know roughly 200 250 fights fought a lot of top elite fighters and you know i had took a little layoff and then when i came back i went to like four or five national tournaments and i was just pretty much just you know beating up a lot of guys in the national tournaments, I really did. I, I advanced far in all the national tournaments I was in, but after I fought the Olympic Trials in uh, 2012, I lost to Jesse Varget, uh, uh, Jesse Hart, sorry about that. And, you know, I just decided that it was time to turn pro. So I turned pro in February of 2013 with Hector as so I was fought in South Carolina and got a first-round TKO win down there. And, you know, I've just been consistent ever since then, I with my manager, Dave McWater, and he's been keeping me real busy and real active.
0: Yeah, you fought three times in 2016. Two of those fights went the six-round distance. This fight uh, coming up on March 10th is scheduled for eight rounds, so you're taking that next step in terms of uh rounds, and uh, a case could be made that this is your toughest opponent uh, to date as well. He certainly has uh, a more eye-popping record than some of your other opponents. His record is 12-1-1, Edward Williams. Uh, so first, talk about the, the step up from uh, going from 6 to 8, what kind of preparation uh, was uh, needed by you to, to make that happen uh, going into the fight, and uh, give us a little bit of an overall uh, view of your opponent, Edward Williams.
1: Well, you know, in preparation of the fight, you know, I do everything I'm supposed to do. Anyways, I train extra hard for every fight. Every fight is, you know, is a, a big stepping stone. You know, on paper he has the best record, but you know, I haven't been there with him. I really haven't studied a lot about him, but I train hard. No matter how many rounds, no matter four rounds, no matter ten rounds, I mean, I train consistently. And I train hard, regardless. But yeah, Ed, they they say he's a step up in the fight. You know, he's twelve, one and one. And, you know, he's a Detroit fighter, so, you know, I actually got – I actually – I think I actually seen him fight one time. I really wasn't paying attention, but on one of the cars I had went up there to Detroit and I actually seen him fight. And, you know, I really – I mean, I wasn't paying attention, but I really, you know, wasn't that impressed with, you know, nothing that he has in his arsenal. He just – he seems pretty long and lanky, but, you know, be prepared for stuff like that. So I'm just excited to be fighting on Showtime, Showbox.
0: Now you're going to be part of the televised showbox card.
1: Yes, I'm part of the televised card part.
0: Okay, that that, that's a big card too. That's the the Clarissa Shields. debut if you will although she's fought already she's got the the headliner on the on the card so it's going to be a jumping crowd uh, you know have yeah. you uh fought in in in, in raucous crowds before uh, uh, packed audiences i mean tonight 16,000 plus uh what has been your experience in, in in terms of uh fighting in front of a lot of fans uh, have you had a lot of experience with that well, I
1: I haven't fought in front of sixteen thousand people before. I think the most I probably fought in front of it was like two thousand, like two thousand something fans, and it was pretty it was pretty loud. But like I said, I'm I'm so used to the environment from being in so many fights that I'm kind of used to the noise. I'm kind of I just zone in on my opponent, and that's all I'd be worried about for the most part.
0: Now your, your opponent's listed as a couple of inches taller than you. You're listed at five eight, so I would imagine you've had a lot of experience fighting taller fighters and uh, is that something that you prefer?
1: Yes, I mean it really doesn't make no difference. I adjust very well to whoever whomever I fight. I mean for people as tall as six four, so you know, the size really doesn't matter. I make a game plan, stick to it and get the job done.
0: Talk a little bit about you're 29 years old, I believe. Uh, so uh, talk a little bit about some of the fighters you grew up watching, who you admire, maybe some fighters today. You really, I mean, we saw some pretty good fighters today. But uh, who were some of your favorite fighters growing up?
1: Uh, growing up, you know, I was I was a real big Tyson fan. They used to call me Baby Tyson because I used to move like him and you know throw power punches exactly like him. So he was one of my favorites. Of course, you know Sugar Ray Leonard. The huge fan of him, I see him on the Telecast, you know. But you know, for the most part, Floyd Mayweather. You know, I fought a lot of a lot of top fighters that, you know was world champions, current champions right now. So I came up around you know the time when we had a lot of good fighters and a lot of them still boxing today.
0: Now, in terms of how you prepare, in terms of sparring, have you uh, sparred with any uh, big name fighters that we might know up till now?
1: But for for this fight or previously?
0: Yeah, throughout your career. Oh, yes,
1: yes. Uh, one of the world champions that I sparred uh, with was Javier Fraterna. I sparred with him. I was in his training camp for one of his fights that I eventually fell out, and I got excellent work when I was down there, good experience when I was down there. And he was world champion when I was there, so yeah. that was a good good experience for me.
0: Now when you spar with a world champion it, it, going in how how is the dynamic is it kind of like yeah well you know he's you're here to give him work are you expected to go light on him because I hear a lot of stories about how guys just go all out top names and I always find that uh pretty interesting but uh then I hear some other stories where guys are just brought in to give the uh you know the world champion work so to speak and if they're too good they're going to be chased out of the ring they, they, they don't want that what was, what was your experience in uh, sparring with Fortuna
1: Oh no, my experience was was excellent. Like it was a it was an excellent learning experience. You know, I had to adapt. You know, he he was a fast fighter. He too was averaging. I want to say like 130 punches per round. So I had to adapt to that. And you know, after being there so long, we actually started doing 12 rounds of sparring, and we were giving each other couldn't work. He taught me a lot of stuff while I was down there as well inside the ring, especially being with a world champion. You know, it was a good experience for me, plus. The coach that was down there was just
0: excellent. All right, good stuff there. And uh, you're listed as a southpaw. Are you a natural southpaw or are you one of those fighters who switched stances? No, I'm a, I'm a natural southpaw.
1: I can switch, oh. but I usually don't tend to
0: switch. And uh, coming up, was there a- any encouragement ever to try and fight right-handed and, uh, primarily? No, not really. I just,
1: I just like I like fighting in the southpaw stance. You know, it make it awkward for certain fighters. Certain fighters just don't know how to handle fighting left-handed fighters. So, I just like to stay in southpaw
0: stance. All right, cool. Now, as an undefeated fighter, this might be a little bit of a tougher question to answer, but uh, in all the fights you've had up to now, what was the biggest uh, adversity you had to overcome was it maybe, uh, you know, getting re- really hurt by a, by another fighter or not being able to uh, get your rhythm going and uh, losing some rounds where you had to come back. Uh, what was the biggest adversity you've had to have so far in the ring?
1: I mean, so far, I really haven't had any adversity. Uh, I did get, you know, a little winded in one of my fights when I fought, uh, I want to say it was Dixon, Vixie Dixon. Dixon. But out of all my fights, I only lost one round. Out of all the rounds I didn't fight, I only lost one round my entire career. So I really don't have to come back, lost no lead, you know. In a couple of fights, I really didn't even get, you know, hit at all. But, yeah, I really never have to come back on the scorecards. Mm-hmm. I like What about in
0: training? What about in training? What's the, what's uh, some of the harder things you have to do in training? Is it the, is it the road work, uh, sparring? What's the, what's the toughest the, thing about the road training? Work.
1: The road, the road, it'll be hard, but it'll be tiring because I put in an excessive amount of miles on the road. So, you know, for the most part, it, it don't be the hardest, but, you know, it's the most challenging thing running in, you know, and it's been cold where I'm at, so running in the cold, staying active out there on the road, that's pretty much it. I've been getting great sparring with my sparring partner, so everything inside the gym has been going excellent.
0: We're talking with Edward Williams in action on Showbox Friday, March the 10th against Edward Williams. And uh, you fight in the welterweight division, uh, what is seen as the glamour division. Uh, now I'm going to play a little matchmaker, uh, Wesley. Uh, well, if you could go back in time and fight and test your skills against one welterweight, who would it be? And moving forward, all these great welterweights we see, who's the one that you would want the most? Right now,
1: it really it really doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I fought a couple of welterweights in the welterweight division now, one being Shineport. I actually fought him twice. Uh, but I really don't have like no sights. Whoever wherever they put in front of me, I'm going to go to work.
0: What about in the past? If you could, uh, if we had a time machine and you, you could go back in time and test your skills against one of the great welterweights, who would it be? Floyd Mayweather. Ah, man, I'm not going back that far. Maybe you could uh, entice him to give up this Conor McGregor nonsense and
1: uh,
0: <laughs> uh, fight you instead. You said it, it farther <laughs> than that? Say again. You said farther than that? No, 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 I wasn't that far, but, you know, he's. He, it's foreseeable that he could still fight, so maybe you could uh, convince him to fight you instead of the, this Conor McGregor nonsense.
1: Yeah, I wish I could. I wish I could. <laughs> How
0: would you approach approach, uh, such a fight with uh, arguably the greatest defensive fighter of all time?
1: That would be a hard question. That would be a hard question to ask me. To to call him out like everybody else tried to do. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, uh, hopefully uh, we, we get to see you fight some of the, the top welters in the next year or two. It uh, probably won't be Floyd, but there's certainly a lot of great ones out there. Wesley Tucker, thank you for your time. Uh, I'll give you some closing remarks uh, before we get you out of here. Anything you want to plug, your, your social media, anything you want to fans to know about you now is the time. Thank you for coming on.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm, just, uh, you know, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook, Wesley Tucker. You know, just follow me on there and just be on the lookout for show Showbox March 10th on the Undercard of Terisha Shields. I'll be making my televised debut, and it's going to be an exciting fight. And I look forward to a lot of people getting to see how I fight, my fight style.
0: All righty. Thank you for coming on, and have a good rest of your evening. Hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, thank you. All righty. Have a good night. Wesley Tucker, good stuff there. And uh, undefeated southpaw getting some... Uh, TV uh, time on one of the bigger uh, anticipated show boxes with uh, Clarissa Shields uh, topping that main event. And when we come back, we're going to be talking...